Hey everyone, welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Voyager actor, who also, in 2005, directed his then-teenage daughter Taylor in an episode of the television series Summerland, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil, and myself, your favorite forever Ensign Garrett Wong. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Wow. That's pulling out wow. of the old deep, Yeah, that's deep a crazy one. Bin. How was that's that directing funny. Taylor? Was she easy to direct? It was, was awkward. she saying, dad, you don't know what you're yeah, talking was, about. Was it kind of a teenage girl thingy? Because I'm a little bit, right yeah, def, definitely a teenage girl. Like, don't talk to me too much, dad. <laughs> and here's the thing. She was doing like, you know, community theater and yeah. things like that. And yeah. I think she, it was like her dabbling and, oh, well, dad's in the business. Maybe I could try it. You know, right. that'll be an in. And so I remember I told the casting director, I said, I'd love my daughter to come in, but don't tell anyone that it's my daughter. Just Correct. have her come in and, and read. And yeah. then the showrunner reached out to me after he saw the tapes. And he said, so uh, I like this person. I like that person for the other roles. And he said, for the teenage girl, he goes, uh, you know, there are a lot of good choices, but I really liked uh, this Taylor McNeil. Is she related to you? He was like, <laughs> he really didn't know. He's like, that's that funny. would be so weird. I said, yeah, it's my daughter. And so he goes, wow, well, that's the one that I like. So oh, awesome. my goodness. So, Did you coach her on the audition as well? Um, Very little. I, I mean, maybe she read it with me once or twice. I don't even think I did that. I, I don't remember. I was trying to stay out of it. Oh, my God. And she got this part. It was like one line, I think, with a bunch of the other regular actors who, you know, were, yeah. had, were very used to this. So she was the fourth person in this double date scene. And I remember she was nervous. Like, I had never oh seen Taylor. Usually socially, she was really comfortable and confident. And Yeah, she was, uh, yeah, she's uh, confident in her skin, kind of an extro yeah. extrovert, I would say, not an yes. introvert. But she was she was having the nerves big time. She had a meltdown. She was like, couldn't remember a line. Oh, no. Apologizing. Oh, no. Oh, wait was... a minute. How old was she at this point? So 2000, she was born in what? She was born in What 90, year was this again? 2005. So she 15, was. 14. Okay. Same age as Keely right 14. now. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. So how did you help her when she was. Did you help when By she was the breaking way, down? If you guys Google, I think that scene, it's Summerland. Yeah. Jesse McCartney was the yeah. big name in it. And Taylor McNeil. It's a, it's, they're going on a double date. Right. And, and I think her line was something like, no, uh, I like the ones that you like or something. It was like a real teenager <laughs> line. Yeah, that's that's my daughter. It's on YouTube. You can find the clip because oh my god, I, I've seen it before and sent it to Taylor. I'm like, it never goes away, Taylor. Oh my goodness, Funny. that that's is crazy. crazy. I know. Yeah, so there was a little bit of tension there because you're Definitely. her dad, and she wanted to be cool with the other younger actors. She wanted to be sure. cool with the other actors. She stayed in touch with the uh, the female uh, actress. The lead. Scene. Yeah. yeah. Is this um, where she met Jack Osborne on this project? No, that was on Dawson's Creek. She that was came on to visit one time and Jack okay. was guest starring. Yeah. Got you. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> funny that you remember. All I that. remember all these little things. Yes. About Taylor. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I just want to, first of all, just say 
happy birthday to one of oh, our yeah. admirals. Yes. Yeah, so one of our happy admirals, birthday to Shannon down in Australia. Her mom our youngest out. admiral level patron, yes. actually. She's I, I think she's maybe 22 20 now or something like that. Maybe. Or 21 today. Yeah. So December 10th, happy birthday, fellow Sagittarian, uh, just like myself, Sagittarian and Megan. So there's half of the Delta Flyers team are Sagittarians. And so we just want to wish you a very happy birthday. And this week's episode is Collective. And we are going to run off and go watch this. We'll be right back with our review and discussion of the episode Collective. And Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. Ooh, we are back. <laughs> My goodness. This is a dense episode in terms it's of techno babble. Yes. And okay, you know I've been dealing with having a bit of a cold. And so <laughs> just to give you a little recap of how long this took me, typically we we allot about a two-hour time period to watch it, you know, pause, make notes do our video recording reaction. This one was hard. This one was hard, but I'm going to tell you how long this took me dealing with a cold. Because you remember, I stopped the recording after the intro without filming the entire intro. So that's how foggy my brain is. Yeah. So it took me a grand total of five hours to finish this. Wow. A 45 minute episode. Wow. Wow. That's a record, I think, because I don't think I've ever taken five hours. No, usually I was the one done first texting you going, are you Always. done? Are you done? Yes. Are you done? Are you yes. Done? You ready? That's you, you ready? Ready? That's yeah. you. Yeah. So five hours later. Wow. Yeah. it's. But it's, this one was hard, not just because of your cold thing, but also it was hard on my end because there is a lot of like Borg techno stuff and just a lot of little nuance and detail that made it hard to recap unless you you know really pull apart some of that detail so it was tricky it was tricky okay let's do our poetry let's do it here we go let's start with our poetry here we go with my haiku for collective away team captured borg teens calling the shots now seven the nanny. <laughs> that was good. You like that. Okay. That's good. I could always okay. tell when you like it. You have a different um reaction. Different laugh. It. Yeah, that's oh, that a different laugh. You give yeah. me a courtesy laugh every now and then, but then uh, every now and then you're it's a more like oh no, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Seven is the nanny. I like seven that. Seven the nanny. Okay. Seven the nanny. There we go. Uh, All right. Oh, oh, should I is it better as sevens the nanny? Or I just said seven the nanny like that i like seven the nanny okay so that's fine too yeah, that's more that's, that's more good. poetic okay, yes. let's hear the limerick let's hear the limerick here's the limerick okay neelix wins all the away team's poker chips till the borg have them caught in their grip borg kids are in charge then first dies by electric charge seven shows the kids true companionship ah yeah very good yeah. Okay. How did that, did that take a while, or was that tough for you? To that get took a little that? while. It did. I, I wanted to get Neelix conning on the poker game. I know you're. I had to get that. that. Yes. Yeah, we had to get us playing important. poker. That, that was, was very important. important. Yeah, and it was so. Oh my gosh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. Okay, so let's go through everything: the teleplay, story, director, and guest stars. Let's go. All right. So Michael Taylor wrote the the teleplay. Mm-hmm. 
He he's the writer of the script itself. Both of Staff us are wrong. Writer, yeah. yeah, both of us were wrong. I There's took Bonofsky a... and you took Braga. Braga, I think, yeah. I think just because it was a Borg episode. I was yes. like, oh, I bet this is. But no, it was Michael Taylor. Uh, story was Andrew Shepard Price and Mark Gaberman. No idea. Don't know who they are. Do you know who they are? Andrew They're Shepard clearly Price? a writing duo. Yes. They must have come in and pitched some story. And it got bought and then rewritten by the room, by the writing staff. And and Michael Taylor got the... It's it, You know, TV is a team effort. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Television is a team sport. Directed by, I'm going to get to this though, directed yes. by Alice, Allison Liddy, oh. Allison Liddy Brown, a dear friend of mine. So Alice, yet she's not credited as Liddy Brown. She's just Allison Liddy. She was Allison Liddy before, then she mm. married her wife, her partner of many, oh, many years. Wonderful. And took on a hyphenated name after she directed for us. So Allison Liddy Brown, or Allison Liddy as she's credited on our show, I met when we were doing Star Trek and I was shadowing on our show. And right. then I got an opportunity to shadow on a, a Nickelodeon kids show called the journey of Alan strange. Okay. And my kids watched the show and I was a fan of it. And I was mm. like, Oh, I'd love to shadow. Maybe I could direct one of those, which ultimately I did. Mm. But Allison Liddy Brown was one of the directors that I shadowed over on Alan strange at Nickelodeon. Oh. Okay, And I, I thought she was so good. I recommended her to Mary Howard and Rick Berman. And so she's she directed our show because I had met her and made that recommendation. And I remember the actors loved Allison, my memory. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you were you were integral in her directing this episode. You were yeah. The one that... And I don't know why she didn't direct more because she mm -hmm. was just she's such a good director. I've worked with Allison a bunch. Her first job, I just want to say, her first TV show that she ever directed was another Nickelodeon show called The Secret World of Alex Mack. And that show okay. was very popular. Yeah. She started on, on Alex Mack and then moved on to Alan Strange mm -hmm. and, and then has done a ton of things, including I brought her on to Chuck. She directed oh, multiple wow. episodes of Chuck. I brought her on to The Gifted. Mm. I brought her on... Uh, I did Resident a Alien? never resident alien i've tried oh. to get her a couple of times and she's okay. just she's really busy and yeah. she's good and yeah so she's hard to get these days but yeah. um she's yeah, and awesome. I, I do remember that all the cast did enjoy working with her so that she's is kind of weird how they didn't bring her back great with time. actors yeah really so she only with... she only directed this one app right? this is the, the only one she okay. directed yeah yeah and you're uh, right good with that she was great our guest stars ryan spawn plays mm -hmm. first the yep. leader of the kids. His first job was 1998, a mm -hmm. comedy drama mm -hmm. called Polish Wedding with Jeffrey Nordling was the star of that. Oh. It sounds like an indie sort of, like an indie film maybe. Was yeah. His first. We have Manu and uh, Icheb is introduced. Manu and Taremi. Uh, originally, we know him as second. Right. But then we'll learn uh, that in the end that his name is Icheb. His very first job was 1997. Mm -hmm. in pacific blue the syndicated action cop show uh, pacific really? blue and that was that I was cops this. in venice beach on bicycles that's on bicycles yeah, and rollerblades and rollerblades. <laughs> kind of a silly show um but pacific blue was very popular in the syndicate it was like a baywatch kind of show <laughs> yeah but they were were they you <laughs> wait a minute i, think I remember the rollerblades I think are you they were joking about the rollerblades? Or nah, you, I think serious? they might have been on rollerblades, oh too. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, Richard Hurd was in Pacific Blue, though. 
Oh, uh, really? So another. Wow. All right. Okay. We have Marley S. McLean, who's the young girl, which we'll learn is Mazzotti. Yes. Um, and I think she pronounced she pronounces her last name McLean. 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 Yeah. Ah, McLean. Marley S. McLean. Mm-hmm. She and was wonderful, by the way. Oh, man. She was so good. I, by uh, the way, I, I yeah, I, I felt that that she for her because she's clearly the youngest of the entire. Oh, yeah. You know, quintet. Is that how we say for five? Yeah. Yes. She's the youngest. But yet I felt that she delivered the most powerhouse. Performance. She was great. Oh, it was such a good deal. What I found out is she did go to law school. So she may be a lawyer now. Yes, yes. She, when she also got went to adult. undergrad for theater at UCLA, my alma mater. Oh. So she was oh, there. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, her first job was in 1996 on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, my gosh. Year. Are you kidding? Oh, yeah, and she only has of- maybe. You know, uh, yeah, six she, or eight credits. She, she didn't do it time. for long, right? She no. just kind of like jumped in, dabbled as a, a bit kid, took off. As a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our last two of the quintet are Kurt and Cody Wetherill. Yes. They are twins. They are twins. And yeah. uh, they both had their very first job in a, I guess, a TV show called Safe Harbor that mm. Rue McClanahan starred in. And I do the, not remember that. Yeah. The year before okay. this in 1999, okay. they, yeah. they were on Safe Harbor. And now Kurt works in electrics and he's a DOP. He's directed a short film. So he's gone more behind the scenes. Wow. And same with his brother, Cody. Uh, Cody became a location man. So. Wow. Yeah. Okay. They've all grown up. Those bored kids. Yeah. They're all, Mm. they're all adults now. That's for sure. They've gone off to the collective and (laughs) just living their collective life. Uh, Okay. Uh, Let's talk about the episode. Okay, so, you know, we start out with basically an exterior space shot of the Delta Flyer flying through space. And then we cut to the interior of the Delta Flyer. We see Chakotay, Neelix, Tom, and Harry playing poker. And man, how this is such a funny scene watching Ethan Phillips at, pretending that he has no clue of what's going on in this game. He's, he's saying out loud what he has. Like, what are you getting? Oh, another, he's going hard, yeah, hard, yeah, hard, hard. <laughs> So funny. And yeah. I remember right out of the gate, I'm going to give Allison Liddy Brown uh, some props here. Sure. I remember her having us really play poker. She's like, no, 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 really play. I want you guys to really, oh, wow. like, while we're lighting or rehearsing, she wanted us to really play a game. And yeah. it was great. It was the kind of thing that rarely, you know, directors rarely did sort of give you some acting exercise or, you know, getting in the mood for the scene beforehand. So I remember... Yeah. It was just really fun to shoot the scene. The whole yeah, thing was really it, fun. It was. It was. It was uh, kind of the boys' night out. Yeah, on the Delta Flyer. And, and we're sitting. We're sitting on the floor. Yeah, back there, like <laughs> playing on the floor. Which I, I remember when Allison pitched that to us. We were all like, "Whoa, what? that's different." Yeah, yeah we. Yeah. What are you? You want us to do what? But yeah. I love Ethan Phillips's reaction after he gets the, his other his final card. He makes that oh, he makes that sound. You yeah. know that his reaction is just priceless love it and everybody's faces were hilarious so funny <laughs> they were speaking of faces then paris when it's his turn to bet or you know yeah fold he looks up at the at the window and yeah. and and chakotay turns around everybody looks and there's a board cube exactly heading right toward us yeah and chakotay yells battle stations and we like step on the chips we like, oh, yeah. the, chips all are over flying the, cards are yeah. flying and then we also hear that Tom had a full house. 
Yes, Tom the last. So he's he, got the blow, as we say in comedy. That's he, the last line. That's a joke. There you go. Is called the blow. the blow. So he he gets the funny line at the end. I didn't even and know I, that. Is that that? Why do they call it that? Um, the it's last like a, the, button. The, fun, the button is what you would use in one hour. You know. Okay, but drama, in comedy, you call if, it. It's called the blow. Yeah, because you want to give you're blowing it away comic. the audience. What do you do? Yeah, you want you want a big laugh at the end. Yeah, ah, you, want, you want to go out of the blow. act or out of the scene and on a I, laugh. I never knew that terminology. That's, so thank you for yeah. educating me today. I appreciate that. I wrote down that cube looked like it was about to crash into us. Like it was so <laughs> close. How did we survive? I just don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, all right. So then we basically go to the intro credits. After we come back from that, we are back in the Delta Flyer interior. We're trying to evade the cube. Uh, we're taking hits. We're, we're taking mm-hmm. damage. Neelix asks why our sensors didn't detect them. Harry says, well, they used a dispersal field to mask their approach. So mm-hmm. while we were engaged in poker, that's how they snuck up on us. Uh, we don't have warp drive because there's nope. just too much damage to the plasma injectors. Chakotay orders Harry to work on, on that problem, trying to, to get those uh, uh, plasma injectors repaired so that we can mm-hmm. have warp drive again. Now, we, in the process of this sort of evasion, and we're firing back at them, we do knock out their propulsion system with photon mm-hmm. torpedoes, which I guess we still have an endless supply of them. They have us in a tractor beam. Chakotay asks for warp drive, uh, at which point Harry says he's still working on it. And then this huge explosion by, happens. By, by the way... Yeah. So Harry's working on the deflector shields. Yes. He's in a Jeffries tube. Yeah. Did the Delta Flyer have Jeffries tubes? I, I this is the one and only time I ever remember seeing that a Jeffries tube on a Delta fly on the Delta Flyer. It, it was just, <laughs> I, I was like, why didn't they just build a little set that was the Delta Flyer version of a Jeffries tube instead of recycling yes the jeffrey's tube set that we have standing by for every jeffrey's tube scene yeah it just didn't it didn't feel like you were on the delta flyer anymore. yeah you needed a a more a different design a more compact jeffrey's yes. tube maybe because you know whenever i try to validate things where for instance i i look at something and say there's no way that mm-hmm. there is that much space on the delta flyer for a full-size jeffrey's tube i immediately think about well, it's like Doctor Who. It's like the TARDIS. It's bigger on the inside. That's the only way that I can <laughs> I can validate it. It just that's our TARDIS. You're, but you're okay. a thousand percent right. No one has ever worked on a Jeffrey's tube inside the Delta Flyers until this episode in Harry. Yeah, on there, or right? or even on a regular shuttle. Like I've just never seen a Jeffrey's no. tube. Yeah. It just seems like they w- should have made a much smaller set out of that, and it just yeah. seemed it I seemed agree. strange to me. I agree. But uh, but what you're working on the deflector shield does blow up. There's yes. a big hit. Yep. And Harry is knocked out. Yeah, knocked out and, cold. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we go back up front. Chakotay's calling for Harry, and then the lights yep. go out. Yep. And the Borg call us, and they they have their famous their famous Borg the voice. Borg. Yes. 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 That we we're going to be assimilated. I'm wondering, is that just like a automated message? <laughs> because I think that's it must a, be right. Because the only Borg left are the juvenile Borgs, so it's not their voice. This is an adult voice Borg voice, so it must be just the automated message they press. Yes, it is. Okay, yeah. good. It's like right. when you call the phone company and you have to yeah. press one if you. <laughs> it's that. It's the same computer. 
as that. <laughs> we are um, the board. Press one if you want to be assimilated. Press two if you yes. <laughs> okay, fine. But all right. But they say we're going to be assimilated. This big hole opens up in the cube and starts yeah. sucking us in with a red light. Which yes, I thought was, what is that? Is that like turbo know. boost? That's I thought that was like turbo tractor. It was sort of like you Maybe have a regular tractor beam, and once it turns, which is always you know a green color for the board. Yeah, and once it turns red, that's like super tractor. That's yeah. what I thought. Uh, tractor it, was an, it was an unusual color. It I was. Agree. I thought yeah, I was like, it was what's, what's happening? Why, why are they doing that? We go, we're, we're now, we kind of fade into a Borg hallway and we see Borg walking by. It's kind of a yeah. fuzzy lens. It's like someone's yeah. POV walking down the like hall. Fuzzy dream sequence, really. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we see the Chakotay from behind. He turns around and then you just hear him say, Neelix, Neelix. Yeah. He's waking up. When, he, when he turns yeah. around, Chakotay has all this Borg yeah, yeah, stuff he's on Borg-ified. his head. That's right. That's right. He's, He's starting to become a Borg. And then you hear Neelix sort of telepathically. And then then Neelix wakes up and you realize it was a dream. Yeah. Neelix was having a nightmare. Yeah. And now they're they're they look like themselves. Mm-hmm. They're in the assimilation chamber. Paris is there with Neelix and Chakotay. Harry's not there. No, I don't remember that at all. No, I, I don't remember that. Yeah. I don't remember much of any of this except yeah. that poker scene. I remember yeah. filming that. Oh, that and by fun. the way, you know, in the intro for the Patreon patrons, I, I was talking about how leaving the playing card. So I was right on that one, right? I said I had oh, a playing yeah. card, yes. And the main reason why I remember that is because I printed up, I printed up a couple of photos from still photographer. The still photographer took a couple, you know, he came on set a couple yeah. of days and I, I printed up a photo with um, me holding a playing card that I posed for him holding it to take to conventions. And I also printed up the photo of me sitting against the bulkhead, like kind of, you know, out with the board yeah. stuff on me. Uh, that photo, not one fan selected that photo. Really? So, yeah, because they're, because I thought, oh, look, look at the detailing on that little silver stuff going on on my face. This will be super cool. But I just think that, you know, uh, the selection of a shot of me basically unconscious really made no sense for anyone to buy. Right. So yeah, they're just like, uh, you look dead. I don't think I want to put that on my wall of fame, you know, in my, <laughs> in my office, my Star Trek office. So yeah. That's so funny. that's how I remembered this episode. So clearly because I printed up photos specifically. That helps sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah. Which then became, you know, uh, they basically were not used because no one wanted them. It was like, Kind of sad, but um, let's go back to the episode. Okay, so we're in the assimilation chamber. We reveal Paris is there too. Everybody looks normal. And Paris is really amped up. Yeah, He wants to find Harry. He's like, he's looking around. They find this botched assimilation, this creepy corpse. They lift the arm up. It's yeah. Paris is just really amped up. Chakotay even says, Tom, you've got to calm down. He tries to calm him down. Yeah. Uh, Chakotay says there's a force field. We've got to find a way to disable it. But here's my thing. Yes. I feel like this threw me a bit. It doesn't seem like Tom would be. He's not someone who gets amped up. He like always covers with a joke or yeah, like it, Neelix it was, freaking out would have made sense. Yeah. It just it was, felt like we were out of character. This is the beginning for me. And I'll say okay. this is a general note. Okay. I felt like the dialogue and things often felt very out of character in this episode. Yes. I, I agree. Paris basically yelling, they've got three more potential drones here, screaming that out. And I thought, huh, I don't know why he's doing that right now. It didn't seem characteristic no. for Tom Paris to do that. No. Um, but I do have a question for you. When you pull, when you guys look at the deceased alien, yeah. where the assimilation was botched, 
you pick up the arm, the which arm, looks yeah. that arm looked very lifelike. Was that actually a background a actor background that was a, a live yeah. person that was lying there? Yes, I think okay. so. Yeah, it had to. And be. And that's that always tricky when you have a corpse in a scene because you yeah. and you have a live actor playing a corpse because they have to breathe. They have to breathe. Yes, that's so, true. <laughs> yeah, that's I think so I remember true. now that you mentioned this, I do remember like trying to time with that person when we went over there for that shot to like. Yeah. Okay, make sure you breathe before they walk towards you so that you can hold your breath while they're there. <laughs> it's always tricky. Yeah. It just reminds me of back when uh, season two episode, or maybe it was season one, Emanations. Yes, Emanations, when Harry dies, season one, when Harry dies mm -hmm. and comes back to life. And they shoot the scene where, and then Harry's dead. And here I am like, okay, don't breathe, don't breathe, don't breathe. And I know and my eyes are closed and I'm sitting here like, don't breathe. And they, the director is always going to get a little bit more extra footage. They're not going to just cut it short. So yeah. just remember having to, to really control and hold your breath for an extended period of time. So that was not the easiest thing for whoever was playing that corpse. So, yeah. Yeah. Chakotay basically wants Paris to keep his cool. And again, very uncharacteristic. Chakotay says that they need to try and disable the force field around this room. We jump to an exterior space shot of Voyager flying through space, and then we cut to the Voyager bridge, where Tuvok says that the Delta Flyer's ion trail ends right here. And it's Bolana who is at Harry's station. Yeah, right she's there the whole episode. She is. Pretty and, much, right? Yeah, she, yeah. she set up shop uh, yeah. operations. And she detects one more vessel aboard Cube. Janeway immediately goes to Red Alert and orders adjusting shield to rotating frequencies to protect against the Borg. Seven says that their propulsion system is offline, mm -hmm. but it's strange because yeah, drones, Seven's very confused. Yeah, she's, she's like, wait like, a minute, this, this damage, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not severe. So drones should have repaired it by now. So I don't know what's happening. Uh, and then they start firing at us. First, they fire at like our impulse engines and core then first, actually and then the sensor array and balana's yes. like they can't seem to make up their mind and yes. seven's very confused yes. she says their attack strategy is is erratic so that's right it's just not it doesn't make sense this is not how a board collective would behave yes or a board cube we do knock their weapons offline and Tuvok detects three non-Borg life signs, mm -hmm. one Talaxian, definitely, and probably the other two are humanoid. But that's already kind of disturbing because now you're thinking, well, maybe Harry's dead. I mean, if you're only detecting three life signs, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. Janeway wants a transporter lock on these three life signs, but their shields are interfering. So Janeway says to target their shield generators. And seven, she only picks up um, five Borg life signs yeah. when there should be thousands. And Tuvok says, those shield generators that you want me to target, Captain, they're just too deep within the vessel uh, to reach with our weapons. So that's when Janeway opens a channel and she starts uh, communicating with the cube. She says that, uh, you know, you guys are holding our crewmen and I'm willing to cease fire if you return our people. And of course, the Borg voice says negotiation is irrelevant. You will be assimilated. And Janeway says, not today and not by you. I, I love that line. <laughs> yeah, it was a great I line. <laughs> it's so sassy. So Janeway sets the term. She says, agree, or I'm going to resume firing. And the Borg scan Voyager and offer a uh, return a of our crew, a trade, yeah, for a piece of technology. Janeway says, well, what, what, what do you want? They said, yeah, navigational deflector. 
Janeway mutes the call, the audio, and Tuvok says, well, yeah, yeah, if we give them that, we can't even go to warp. And Seven says, well, what they want from this deflector is to reestablish a link to the collective. Right. So right. clearly they've, you know, yeah. something's happened to them. Seven gets it. They're trying to reconnect with their the rest of the collective and they need that piece of technology. Right. Because their communications array was damaged and our technology, they can modify it so that they can then contact the collective directly. Janeway says that we have to stall them until we find another way out of this predicament. And she resumes audio and says that she will consider the exchange, but she wants proof. I want proof that my crewmen are unharmed and alive. Mm -hmm. She's yeah. like, I want to come see them yeah. in person. Let's see them in person. The Borg say that, look, you know, we've scanned the vessel. You've already scanned the vessel. And Janeway says, well, that's, our scans are incon inconclusive. We're, we're, they're not thorough enough. We want to see them. And the Borg agree, one individual to transport over. Janeway designates seven. Seven goes off of course. the turbo lift. Of course. Seven. Of course. <laughs> well, in, uh, but see, but Robbie, in this episode, that does make the most sense. You know, in, in other Does episodes, because if we had seven on our ship yes. and send someone else, then we'd have seven's insight right there next to us. Once we send her over, we don't have the same contact with her. Oh, so don't, I don't know. I I'm didn't just even saying. look at it that way. There's that. Huh. Yes, there's that version. There's also huh. a version of Balana's on the bridge the whole time. And she's always in engineering. We call her for this stuff. Yeah. So like why I this is some of the stuff that's out of character to me. It's like okay. why is Balana never in engineering this whole yeah. episode? Like it just seems I, like that's where she always is. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. And that does make sense. It's weird. She's always in engineering. Why is she at operations? But yeah. I do feel that the the situation that Voyager is in, that everyone is dealing with in this episode is so dire that they really, that Janeway really needed somebody at the operations and communications console to handle yeah, yeah, business. And the next best person really after Harry is Bolana. She is the, you know, the all-star mm -hmm. Starfleet employee. So I, okay. I, I, it doesn't bother me to see her. Up there, I'd buy so. that. Next we have a space shot, a uh, cool shot. We're kind of over Voyager in this shot. Yeah. And, and we can see the cube. This is the first time we really see it that I noticed well. Yes. Yes. And you start to see a lot of like, damage on the cube i yeah. thought it was interesting it was a cool shot it was a cool shot so and you know to have voyager sort of facing off with the cube was cool yeah. as well and if you looked at the upper oh i guess at the upper left section of the cube there's almost like some green plasma that's oozing out at the top yeah. i don't know if you saw that or not so um i yeah. wonder if but it you know we we eventually find out that it's a virus that killed everybody it Correct. wasn't it wasn't a battle so right. I wonder if like, is that damage just from us, from the, from maybe that's the oh, damage yeah, from we, Delta guess, Flyer. Yeah, of course, from the Delta Flyer and also from oh, Voyager. Yeah. Okay. Voyager's been shooting at him too. So most definitely. Because I remember when I saw this, I was like, oh, they killed somebody, you know, they, right. they all died in a battle was right. kind of my your thought process thinking at that point yeah. and then right. later on we find out it was this virus. So. Right. But anyway, cool shot okay. outside. We yeah. go in the hallway, Seven is walking down. Uh, an empty hallway of the of the Borg uh, cube, mm -hmm. and she's looking. It's very creepy. She's looking. There's dead drones everywhere. Yeah, you know, drones on the ground. Yeah. Drones laying on a console. Yeah. Did you notice the background music? It had a weird. It had a weird like synthesizer sound. It, well, it was very reminiscent of the original series music. 
in the background. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was kind of an homage to that. I did notice the music seemed a little different this episode. Mm. So Seven gets a call in this hallway and uh, the Borg message says, go to a certain area, grid 63, subsection 01. So she heads to uh, that place and we realize it's the Borg maturation chamber mm-hmm. super creepy because there's babies in fish tanks there's like a-, a little Borg <laughs> baby in a fish tank I did not know what to write I wrote down she sees an infant Borg in a and then I sat there I was like what what do I call the fish tank it looks okay, like a fish I tank. wrote a maturation tube but that's not ew, you're better with the fish tank you're right it I'll looks like a maturation a built fish in tank. Built into the wall. It's yes. like a window into a yeah. tank behind a wall yeah. that the baby's floating in. Yes. And uh, yeah, so she's there. <laughs> and suddenly she's creeped out by this. And suddenly she turns around and there's a little girl. Yeah. Who we'll learn is Mazzotti. Marley McLean. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's there. And then she goes to join her other Borg friends. We see there's five of them. Right. There's five. There's Mazzotti there. There's first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Icheb, Azon, well, and second. Rebbe. Remember, he's second at this. Second point. at this point. Name yet. Yeah. yeah, we don't know any of their names. No. And uh, they ask her her designation. She says she's seven of nine. Mm-hmm. And they're speaking telepathically. I think at this point, aren't they? Aren't they? Oh, the, in the, the very dro- beginning, the kids. They're not. They're not saying they're... words until first finally speaks, and he says the others. He, he starts telepathically saying the others have been, and then when he gets to the word deactivated, he starts speaking English. Yeah. And I wondered why they did that. Like, I don't know. Was it just creepier? I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were they just learning English? Are they? <laughs> well, this comes back to what I said earlier. Like, do they have an automated message where it says we are the Borg, you know, yeah. you will be assimilated. So yeah, I think they did it because it was creepier. That sounds more like it. It's just creepy. Yeah. yeah the others have been all telepathically and then yeah. deactivated. deactivated. He and just came he starts out. talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they do realize that she is Borg too, but that, you know, they say that her infrastructure has been compromised and that yes. they can fix her, which is kind of funny. She's then, damaged. Yeah, she's damaged. And they, but then Seven says, all of you, you need to return to your rooms or your maturation chambers. Yes. And the lead Borg first says that they've matured enough. I love that they still are like part whatever alien they were and yes. part like they're not fully developed. It's true. Yes. Like the younger kids have hair. Yes. The girl still has her hair. Yes. Icheb has sort of some fuzz left. Yeah. He's, but he's some... like half bald. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then first, yeah. the lead guy is yeah. mo- the most matured Borg. He is totally bald and, yeah. and looks most you know, the most like a Borg, a full Borg. So, yeah. And it's also interesting. Not only are they not completely mature, but their, their clothing is not completely on. Like you can see like gaps, like you can see their leg, their skin, you know? So that was interesting too. Yeah. So I loved after, after the lead Borg says that they've matured enough. Seven says, well, your thoracic nodes haven't even formed yet. And second, slash yeah. each up looks down at his chest he's like oh I, yeah i yeah it's sort of like i don't even have chest hair yet you yeah. know so that was a that was a cute moment there very yeah, funny uh one drone does say that they they tried to to re-enter their chambers but the chambers were offline 
And Seven asks what happened to the adult drones, and they, they don't know. They're completely clueless. They don't know what happened. And she goes to a console, and she starts punching some buttons and realizes that the cube is severely damaged and that they won't be able to repair it alone. So she says that she can help them and that they must release the hostages in return. And the lead drone first says, uh, well, this is this is not the agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when Seven says, well, uh, the agreement has been modified because I did not realize I am dealing with children. And Seven basically says um, to uh, that she wants to be taken to them at this point. And first says, okay, she first orders the others to take Seven over to... Uh, our away team, or at least three mm-hmm. members of our away team. And he does say, if she tries to resist, assimilate her. So we know right off the bat, this this teenager means business. We go out to the hallway and Seven and each ever were kind of walking and chatting. And did mm-hmm. you notice how slow they were walking? Very. It was like the last walk. It was like, Let's... I'm sure it was because they only had, you yeah. know, 20 feet of a set. To, they had no, but... they had no set to do it. And basically not enough right. set not to enough. walk and get all this dialogue out. Oh. So their solution was to walk slowly, but I hate that solution because yeah. they would not be walking that slowly. But as they walk, seven says to each do you have a designation? And yeah. he says, second. Mm-hmm. And she says, she says something like, oh, so you were the second to come out. And he goes, no, I was the first, but I couldn't establish order. Mm-hmm. So I became second. Right. I love the close-up of Icheb, by the way, because mm-hmm. um, they put that fuzzy hair on his prosthetic bald cap, and it looks right. super cool. I know, it, it looked like, great. It was like a split mohawk or something. It, it looked like great. It looked half great. his head was bald. It looked very authentic and cool. So. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm going to say after... Mazzotti after Marley McLean's performance, I'm going to say that uh, the performance by Manu was the second best of the yeah. four kids in terms I of like, like he maintained I, first to me was so petulant teenager that it annoyed the crap yeah. out of me. Really? Whereas I think Manu really, you know, made, kept it there focused and, and he didn't go overboard. I, I just, I just feel like, I feel like first, but really first was pushing because he was in charge. He was that, you know, he was the big bully. I, I suppose. I yeah. I bought it all. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. But, but second did play a good second because he's more, he's not as, yes. you know. Yes. He was uh, less secure with himself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He was calmer in his delivery of lines, more quiet, yeah. you know, more sedate yeah. and, and, and introverted. So I, I thought that was good too. So, yeah. But I, I guess maybe because, you know, um, in my real life, I deal with a teenager. So I kind of like, when I hear that kind of like talk or that attitude, I'm like, no, uh-uh. You know, I don't want to hear that right now. So I, I'm a little biased against first. That's All right. Uh, assimilation chamber, Seven yep. uh, basically arrives and tells Chakotay that the Borg kids are in control. The Borg girl detects that one of the captives was attempting to disconnect the security field, which was Tom Paris. Yeah. So she sends a shock through to you. Very good reaction, Robbie. You really you. sold it for me. You did. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. And you flew back and Phillips had to catch you as you yeah. flew the, the bulkhead with where's that. So tell us a little bit about that scene. Does, do you remember any of this filming? In I don't remember okay, any that's of right. this. I really don't. That's okay. But I did I did think the little stunty fake, you know, shock was good. And I love yeah. the line when she says, he's not permanently damaged. He's learned his lesson. Right, right, right. Actually, I think he's not permanently damaged came from Echep. And then she oh, said, yeah, and she said, he learned his lesson. And again, yeah. the way she delivered that, being the youngest kid on that set was 
it was yeah, gold. Was, it, it was, was good. Really it was good. And she gives you that look too. Yeah. And Lydia uses a lot of close-ups in this um in this episode, right? Just like yeah. boom, really, really tight, which yeah, I, I we don't I see that all the time. And I thought no. it was cool. I, I like seeing it was really that. cool. Yeah. Uh so Seven tells Chicote that the Borg are prepared to negotiate for their release and that she will return. And Chicote. Uh, the last line as seven is leaving with the other Borg juveniles, he says, give my regards to Harry. And then I wrote in my notes, question mark, question mark, question mark. What was, what did you that get was, out of that? That was him reminding uh, seven that they don't know where he's at. So she needs to look oh. around. But, but she didn't. That's what I got from oh, it. Okay. Like, yeah. Because like, I was like, is that He's code? not here. You need to keep looking for him. He's somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. And they, they clearly, and the kids don't realize that he's here. So we know he's oh, somewhere right. here. Right. Yeah, like he can't say mm-hmm. it out loud because the yeah. kids are there. The drones are there. So yeah, makes sense. Thank you for clearing that yeah. up. I was completely confused. Okay. We go out in the hall next and uh, second now demands the deflector mm-hmm. that she, she's seen the hostages. Yep. And she says, well, I'm not authorized to give you that. Mm-hmm. I was just sent here. You know, my only job was to confirm Observe, that they're here. Yeah, confirm That's and right. my, I must go back and report. That's it. Yes. 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 And then she asks second, she says uh, she wants to take one of the dead drones back to figure out why they're all dead because whatever killed them could be a danger to all of them. Right. So they think about it for a second and then they agree to that. They don't even, it's not even a second. I mean, it's really? just such a, like, to me, it's such a difference in dealing with second as mm-hmm. opposed to dealing with first, like first is just so difficult. And second's just so easy. Like, right. you know, it, he's like deflector array. She's like, Oh no, 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 no. I'm not authorized. He's like, Okay, he's totally okay with it. And then she and then she says, "Okay." And also, when I go back, I need an adult drone and a data node to take back to Voyager for analysis. Uh, and Mazzotti says, "Well, why?" And Seven says, "Oh, something happened on this vessel that no one understands. All the adult drones are deactivated, and if it happens again, it could endanger all of you." And quickly, they're both like, "Yep, go right ahead." So I I love this scene because. First is not in it. And second and, and Mazzotti are so easy to deal That's with. That's the kind of teenager you, you want. The yes, cooperative yes, teenager. Yes. Any teenagers listening out there, just just take the lead of Mazzotti and Ichab and just, just you know cooperate. Agree. Cooperate. Yeah. It's just gonna yeah. be easier on your parents and yourself in the long run if you cooperate. That's all. We have a space shot of the cube in Voyager again. We go to a hallway scene. Different angle though, right? It was a different, different angle. angle. Different mm-hmm. angle this time. They do yeah. Go back and reuse yeah, the first yep. shot once yep. later on. But yep. uh, Janeway and Tuvok are in the hallway. They're trying to figure out where Harry is and how yeah. to retrieve him. And Tuvok thinks, well, maybe he ejected. That's why we can't detect him. Maybe he's not even, you know, in the cube. Maybe somewhere else. We cut inside sick bay, and the doctor is scanning a dead drone. Do you know who that was? Keith. On the table? It's Keith, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who was often my stand-in. <laughs> it's so funny. It doesn't matter what alien makeup you put on Keith. Both Robbie are, and we I are going to know immediately. Him. That's Keith. There he yeah. is. He's yeah. a he's a Borg. He's a Klingon. He's the this. We know every time Keith he's is on very camera. He's yeah. very his face is very unique as well. I think yeah. so. It's hard to not know that it's Keith. But you're right. Go ahead. Yeah, he was the dead drone there. Yeah. I do remember. Uh, he always loved 
doing the drone stuff. He loved it. Did he really? It. He did. I think partially because obviously he gets paid more money. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, he's a, so he's the featured extra at that point. He's a featured yeah. extra and he's making more money for the time he spends with the makeup and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. But Janeway and Tuvok enter. The doctor shows them his analysis that there was a space-borne pathogen yeah. that adapted to the Borg physiology. And the doctor reassures them it's, you know, it's it's inert now. It's not a danger. But the death of all of these drones is what triggered the maturation chambers to open. That's why the kids were safe from the virus. And then when they all died, somehow these chambers opened and freed the kids. Right. And uh, the doctor also says it, it's a, it only attacks cybergenic organisms. So it's not right. going to hurt them. Right. Um, and seven is in this scene as well. She's the, cause she's the one that says the maturation chamber was designed to protect developing drones. So yes. she's sort of off to the side, really. Yeah. She's there. But then Tuvok, I can't believe it. He says, well, what if we revive this virus and neutralize the five Borg? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what? Again, out of character. Like Tuvok, I just don't see him being the one to say, well, let's use a bio weapon and kill these innocent children. I it yeah. just seemed but, and, really and out of character. True, and it's a little also out of character for the doctor to protest as well. I mean, the yes. doctor immediately is like he's still a program. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for him to go like, oh, these are children, and that would yeah. be murder. It was like, why are you talking like that? So yeah, yeah. it seemed so out, of out of character. A lot of things well. in this scene. Janeway asked Seven if she thinks that they'll kill our people or the hostages and seven says yes i yeah. think they will mm -hmm. um so janeway says prepare this pathogen yeah. let's have it if we need it yeah as but an she, option so she's clearly yeah she, she's not uh, yeah she's not going to do it right off she, the bat she's gonna yeah. wait yeah but she up. wants to see the drones herself so mm -hmm. now we cut over to the the mysterious Jeffrey's tube in the back of the, <laughs> the Delta flyer. Of the, of the Delta TARDIS, yes. Yes. Okay. And Harry, Harry wakes up. He regains consciousness. And yeah. why does he do it? From the constant chirping of his comm badge. So he crawls out. And once again, uh, I looked so uncomfortable crawling out. And I've talked about this before. It is so much um, pain on your knees. and I, And towards the end, I would say, I need the knee pads. So I would put on knee pads from um, production would provide me with these two, you know, knee pads that I would put on. And, and that was the only way. Well, there was I like this, this waffle it. grating on yeah, the floor. Was it was this, horrible. this really, uh, yeah. Uncomfortable grate on yeah. the floor that didn't really read as a grate. I don't yeah. know why it had to be it, so. Yeah. And it wasn't metal and it wasn't soft. It was, but hard, it was plastic. hard plastic. Yeah. So yeah. that was just ugh, the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So I crawl. But, uh, but uh, Harry comes out and he does talk to the computer. He asks the computer, who is it? It's Voyager. He tells the computer to respond on the same carrier wave mm -hmm. that they mm -hmm. are transmitting on. So yeah. it will stay under the radar. Right. Uh, the computer says that's going to be a significant modification. And Harry responds, I am way ahead of you. So he's making the modifications he's on his way to communicating yeah and i like how harry enters the delta flyer cockpit he has his phaser drawn he's all ready yeah, ready for uh, action yeah he's ready for action and he does push a few buttons and uh looks out of the window and we have this awesome shot which reveals it's sort of a pullback from the cockpit you see yeah, harry in the cockpit in inside the cube yeah, you see that inside the cube. that it's locked into the tractor beam kind of spot yeah, being held by these clamps or this energy yeah. and 
it's clearly and as the shot keeps pulling out further and further you see two other alien ships that are also in housed in this cavernous mm. borg hangar bay basically i yeah. mean this thing is massive it's the size yeah. of like i don't know 100 football fields it looks like and uh but it's interesting because you're like wow look there's other aliens that they just captured yeah and um cool shot though yeah very uh, we, cool shot mm-hmm, we come back from commercial break with another exterior shot of voyager next to the cube and then we repeat jump. repeat yes, repeat that was a repeated shot repeated shot <laughs> but that's fine we yeah. haven't moved yep then we're now back into in the interior of the board cube janeway and seven are now yep. uh, with the five board kids janeway is trying to reason with first the lead drone and she has a new proposal she says look you don't have to rejoin the hive you were all individuals not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And then she starts sort of speaking to their individuality. She says, you, she looks at each or second and says, you're Bernali. And she looks over at Mazzotti or, or at this point, young female young girl drone. Yeah. And says, you're Norca- Norcadian. And she's trying to sort of and, like and, you know, and she's doesn't the to... young the young girl when she says Norcad you're Norcadian yeah. the young girl remembers she does remember bit. the planet like, yeah theta class Cadian. planet yeah, yeah. With, with binary stars she does remember some stuff so she, so Janeway's doing the exactly the right strategy she's trying and to speak first to gets pissed off he's like he sees that oh she's, yeah that Janeway's getting to them oh so he he lunges grabs at her. her. Oh yeah, my like, goodness. And he's with his Borg arm kind of presses yeah. her up against the yeah. wall or something. Yeah. I, I I just kept thinking, you disrespectful teenager. Don't you know Janeway yep. pays the bills here? Okay. That roof over your head because of Janeway. What are you thinking? So I was upset. Yeah. But she's smart. She says, you know, you cannot have it yet. Yeah. And if you assimilate me right now, you'll never get it. Well, so. actually, she says she she can't give it to them. She didn't say yet. She goes, I can't give you the deflector, but maybe we can help you repair your damage oh, that's right. on your communications array. I can't give it to you. And Janeway, um, he basically, he sits there and he thinks for a second. And he says, first, he says, okay, two hours. And then the hostages die. So he gives yeah. us a time limit now. Yeah. Another exterior space shot of Voyager and the Cube. Another repeat, probably? Yeah, probably. Probably. Voyager Bridge now. Janeway says she's bought two hours. She asked Tuvok about the pathogen. He says it will be ready in two hours. Torres does ask Janeway if she saw the away team. So now there is a little bit of concern for Tom Paris from his love. Finally. Finally, because we've seen it in earlier episodes where, honestly, Tom could have been a complete stranger. She did, did, It seems like she had no concern for him. But now, for all you PT shippers out there, you see Torres genuinely concerned about her boyfriend. So I like that. She doesn't call him out individually. No, she she goes, did you see the away team? She didn't say, did you see Tom? Which would have been a little... Which... That wouldn't have been, I don't think that would have been the right way that Torres would have said that anyway, right? Maybe she, not. Yeah. Okay. She also says there, she can't believe that they're negotiating with children. Like she's, <laughs> she's, she's like, I can't believe we're doing this, which was very belonging. I love Tuvok's line. He says, the juvenile drones are contemptuous of authority, convinced that they are superior, typical yeah. adolescent behavior for any species and 1000% correct. Yes. <laughs> Uh, uh, then, then there's a transmission. Yes, from Harry. Yes, yes. They think it's from the cube, from the drones, but no. Belana picks it up, and it's Harry calling in. Uh, Janeway asks. Um, uh, Tuvok has isolated his coordinates, 
And Janeway asks how far he is from the shield generator. And Tuvok says 800 meters. So she asks Carrie if there are any plasma charges aboard the flyer and if he's willing to go take a walk, a hike. Tuvok will guide Harry to the field generator because, yes, there were plasma charges there. And Janeway says if he destroys the field generator, he won't have to make the trip back. So that's that's the one plus, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I almost feel like I didn't play this the correct way. Really? Yeah. I felt like I should have. When she asked, like, are you willing to go on a walk right now through this board cube? I think wow. there, there, there should have been a little moment of, of like hesitation of like, oh, F myself. Like, what am I getting yeah. myself into? Um, oh well, my especially because he's so freaked out when we when we see him in the hallway. Later. Yes, <laughs> yes. So that would have helped because it just almost seemed like too Janeway. Yeah, if Janeway was saying, "Hey, you want to go go for a hike in the uh, holodeck later with me, where we we hike over in Lake Tahoe?" And Harry's like, "Yeah, sounds great." I mean, that was the reaction that I felt mm. that I gave here. I didn't catch which, that, but that makes okay. sense what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, we go out to the hallway. Echeb shows up with Seven. He says, "Yeah, I've got the technology you wanted." They start talking, and he says to Seven uh, that he knows she was a drone for 18 years, mm-hmm. and that he accessed her data file, and uh, he knows that she was a juvenile when she was assimilated, like mm-hmm. him. And she yes. says, "Yes, she was a juvenile," and. Uh, then she they they keep talking. She's trying to get him to remember when he was assimilated. Yeah, his childhood memories. And it's his funny because child- he doesn't even know what childhood means. Like he's yeah. not even sure what that is. He's like, what? But um, when she when she starts questioning him, yeah. his voice starts to tremble. Yeah. There's a and, there's a I say his I wrote down his voice sounds digitalized did you is, is that a good way to say it yeah sort of, it has a digital yeah. quality to it but so. i i felt it was emotion that he was starting to feel emotion oh and, and that's, that's what made it do that was getting okay yeah yeah you know that's a that's a good explanation for it too yeah but and she, she says yeah. i can repair your subvocal processors so right she, she starts to scan him at first he's a little nervous about it yeah but then she he says it won't hurt she says it won't hurt. hurt. And mm-hmm. so she scans him to try to f- correct his subvocal processor. Yeah. And he comments, he looks at her hair. Yeah. And he says, Your hair is like my mother's. Yeah. This thought, color. Yeah. This yeah. is his exact lines. This color. My mother's hair is this color. And I thought that that was very forward of him and somewhat inappropriate to actually touch her hair while he was doing it. He, he doesn't was know. And he's he doesn't know just, that. He's, yeah, yeah. But I thought this was great because she was triggering his memories yes. and starting to bring out the humanity in him. Yes. And of course, as soon as that happens, first has got to come in, shows up. mess yep. it up. And he says, no irrelevant conversation. Return to your station. Second takes off. Oh, you know what he says also? He goes, not only no irrelevant conversation, you know what the punishment is for that. And then second says, Deactivation. deactivation so basically that's it's death if yeah. you if you have a relevant conversation it is death but he doesn't kill him at this point no it doesn't happen and he does would, him to i would be, to i would have been dead a long time ago so i got killed for irre- <laughs> all my conversation is irrelevant so that's Pretty the much. only conversation i know you would not have made a good drone you would have been no. deactivated day one no, so that's I'm not very <laughs> I go off on tangents all the time. Anyway. <laughs> but the important uh, thing about this yeah. scene, though, Robbie, is this is the very, very first time that we have a sense of bonding between the character of Seven and, and Second, who we later learn is Echep. I mean, this is their 
the beginning of the bonding of their yeah. of their yeah. relationship together yeah. uh, of the trust that is beginning to form between those two those two characters yeah we go to the ready room next seven comes in right she hands Janeway a pad da 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 as you so famously <laughs> called it and she has discovered some information some saucy information in the communication records yes. the collective did receive the drone's initial distress call but the collective declared these neonatal drones as irrelevant mm -hmm. and severed their connection to the hive permanently. So they're basically dead to the, to the hive, to, to yeah. the rest of the board collective. Yeah. And the drones are completely unaware of this because they do not have the ability, because they're not completely mature, to decrypt the message. Janeway says that if they knew that they were rejected, they wouldn't need the deflector. And they might be willing to release the hostages. And Seven says normally when drones learn that they are irrelevant, they automatically, without any hesitation, deactivate themselves. But that these drones, these juvenile drones are completely unpredictable and they may not adhere to these Borg protocols. So basically Janeway, you know, Janeway wants to keep this information, you know, close to her vest for now. But she says there's another option. We could invite them to Voyager. Mm -hmm. They can come on over. Uh, seven says, Seven's like, that's not oh going to be easy. No. That's not going to be easy at all to turn them into in, individuals. individuals. Mm -hmm. And then Seven has this great speech about her own assimilation. Yeah. And basically, as the camera pushes in on this long, very well done speech, she says, it was the Borg sense of order that yeah. helped me discover my individuality. Yeah. If if I had not gone through the full maturation process, if I had not become a Borg yeah. and been able to manage the 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 feelings and the emotions that have come up for me as I, you know, find my humanity, yeah, I wouldn't have survived. And she says the kids don't have that. They haven't, they have not matured to a full sense of Borg order. So it's really yeah. a it's a pickle that sevens. Yeah. She's kind of saying, you know, we can't yeah. just throw them out, you know, in, in, into opening up their individuality. They won't be able to process. And Seven ends that whole long, awesome speech with not all drones can be saved, Captain. Yeah. And Janeway orders Seven to continue her repairs in the cube. Hold on to this new information for now. Don't divulge it to the dro juvenile yeah. drones. Um, but Janeway tells Seven as she's exiting the ready room, she says the drones do have one thing going for them you mm. there's anyone who can reach them it's you so yeah, that was a nice little tag nice janeway yeah. nice janeway all right so next we go back to the boar cube and you see harry and harry is placing playing cards inside different parts of it he says three of hearts on a trans warp conduit king of clubs on a power coupling and harry's basically marking his route with playing cards in case he has to come back the same way and Tuvok, you hear Tuvok's voice, and he says, you shouldn't distract yourself, Ensign. And Harry says, you know what? I need a little distraction. And this hike is bringing up some bad memories. Then we cut to a shot of Tuvok in Astrometrics with the view screen in Astrometrics, showing sort of a map of the cube and a little red dot is Harry, I guess. And he's sort of guiding Harry through mm -hmm. this cube. And then, um, you know, Tuvok makes a quip like, oh, like uh, bad memories, like uh, the last yeah, bad, time that you were a in a Borg mission cube. or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you think Harry's talking about a really bad Borg encounter. Right. And Harry goes, yeah. no, no, no. It was a haunted house that my parents took me to when I was six years old. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I do like Harry's backpack. Harry. Uh, it's a cool looking space 
modern looking backpack you yeah do that for the final um shot there the final moments of that scene back in another part of the board cube we have seven continuing repairs and she mm-hmm. informs first that the resonance field has collapsed and it will take an hour to reinitialize and first again just loses it he's like wait these delays these are all intentional you're stalling yep. you're stalling yep. yeah. you're doing this on purpose yeah. she shows him the data on the pad da, da, da says this data is flawed. And yeah. uh, and she even says, your understanding of this data is flawed. So exactly. Like, <laughs> I love how she puts them in his place every time. I and when it. she says that though, when she says your understanding of this yeah. is flawed, yeah. that's a, that's a, that's a real, you know, uh, tough it is. criticism. That's but, a, you know, but the thing is, I think first understands he's not completely matured. He doesn't have all the information to handle at being a full adult drone. And and she's calling him out on it and her yeah. saying that his understanding of quadric field theory is flawed. That, that's the reason that everything is mm-hmm. that he doesn't understand it. And I think he gets it. And he's just like, okay. But he's trying to play the tough leader guy. And he says, he tells the other drones to ignore her. She's trying to to divide us but you can see that that when she says your understanding is flawed the other drones turn oh yeah they're all like oh how dare yeah i can't believe she said that she's saying that and then she continues she says uh she says that she remembers the unity of the collective the common goals the quest for perfection but she says you don't have to uh remain drones Mm. to experience those things you can come back to voyager and have common goals and be a part of a collective. So she's really starting to plant these seeds with all the other drones, these yeah. kids. Yeah. And before, you know, she can succeed at that, an alarm sounds. Yep. The maturation chamber is failing and mm-hmm. one of the Borg infants is is dying basically, you know. Yeah. They mm-hmm. they're going to have to save it. And this is the little doll robot puppet doll in the in the fish tank yeah and but first says immediately first says it will adapt it, it is borg but yet it's not adapting and mazadi mazadi says let seven help and here is the beginning of where he's starting to like okay realize he's way in uh, he's way in this above it's way over his head he can't handle yeah. any of this stuff so he does step aside and he lets seven work work on this he tries to use a stasis field but then the stasis field starts to degrade and so now seven says you know we've got to transport this infant drone to an incubation pod the minute that seven beams this little infant drone into the incubation pod the pod starts malfunctioning so mm-hmm. seven says Basically, she pulls it out of the pod and it's you can hear this like, you know, very belabored breathing from this little infant. Mazadi yes. asks what's happening. She goes, well, its respiratory function is impaired and the infant needs to be transported to Voyager with proper mm-hmm. proper medical, you know, um, facility to treat this infant drone. First says, no, this drone says- is part of our collective. And second says, not if it dies. So again, this is the beginnings of all the other, you know, uh, younger drones sort of kind of now talking back because, uh, you know, they they realize that first is not all 
he uh, is cracked up to be. So now we're back in the board corridors. We see Harry. He's setting the plasma charge. His transmission with Tuvok fritzes out. Now he can't hear Tuvok at all. Mm-hmm. He hears a sound. He quickly jumps. He, you know, it's very jumpy. He turns and he's he's freaked out. He's there's the little yeah, girl. Yeah. Well, and actually, he didn't see the girl first. He, he turns to the left where the sound comes from, and then he's like, oh, "Okay, it's cool. That was nothing." And he turns to the right, and there's the little girl. And little girl right there. Boy, is she scary. She, she's she's almost like those two little girls twins from the shining that are at the end of the hallway yeah exactly. right it, she's she's sitting there and she pulls out all the cards she's like um i found these you left these and i'm like uh okay and then, and then yeah. she takes the queen, queen. of hearts yes. and she says the, this looks like seven yeah i like her she reminds yeah. me of seven yeah. and she's saying this in a totally straight voice right yeah. good job by marley s mclean in this scene harry slowly reaches for his phaser and she's and again very nonchalantly uh mazzotti says your weapon won't work here dampening field and Harry's like oh my god I'm screwed yeah. at this point we're in the in the hallway Tuvok tells Janeway that he's lost Harry's signal Janeway says keep looking and suddenly the doctor calls please report to sickbay captain so we go to sickbay yeah and there's the baby they did transport the baby over and hey. the doctor has saved this baby <laughs> Robbie did you think when you were watching this scene did you think hey who knew we had a Starfleet crib on board I mean a yes. little like, why is that there? I mean, was that there? I guess we used it for uh, Naomi. And is that right? I, guess, I, I, don't, I don't know. know. It was just very funny that we had. Yeah, that, but... doctor's got a big closet with lots <laughs> of things. And the doctor asks Janeway to. Well, first Janeway says Seven must have sent her over. Right, so let's right. take care of this baby. Yeah. The doctor says, "Hold this baby while he works." Yeah. Because yeah. the baby's crying and struggling, and yeah. well, I he, love. He's trying to take some readings, right? Yeah, so... trying to take scan the baby. <laughs> And Janeway's holding it. And I love the look on Kate's face. Like the maternal Kate came out in the scene. You just yeah. see she's, you know, infatuated with this. She this is. Baby. She is. But here's something that I'm going to bring up now. I don't think we ever see that infant ever again. No, we don't. After no. this episode, I mean, clearly the doctor has saved the infant, right? He's healed the infant. The infant's not yes. dying any longer. Yes. But we never see the infant again. So I, I just, you know. There's a little bit of a hole in the plot here now. Yeah. In yeah. the series. Plot. In the series. Excuse me. Yeah. And that, that kind of, yeah, me. we could have, yeah. you know. I agree. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal, especially with all the dramatic looks that Kate had with this baby. You feel like there's a bonding moment and she's yes. going to take, take over this, you know, parenting yes. of this thing in the series. And she doesn't. So. Yeah. Like this is going to be the captain's assistant's assistant, this yeah. little baby. Right. So, yeah. um, oh, the doctor does remember that, the pathogen is synthesized and he, he pulls up this vial of liquid. Now here's the thing. All right. I think that they should have chosen a really fluffy light pink color or, or, or a sky blue, something other than was dark. It? it was like a dark brownish, you know, and it looked like it would be pathogeny, but I just yeah. thought like, you know, let's go opposite of what we think pathogens will look like meaning puke green, dirty brown, yeah. you know, puke yellow. Yeah. Let's let's go with something different. Yeah. Pink, cotton candy nice. colored pink, you know, would have been that nice. That would have been nice. Yeah. All but right. he's got that there. Doctor says, I, I can't believe that you would use this on yeah. him. He still can't believe that this is an option. Janeway yep. says, only if I have to. And she right. looks at the baby and she says, let's hope your brothers and sisters don't force my hand. Mm-hmm. So we still have that threat of maybe we're going to kill these kids with a, with a bioweapon. That's right. 
would be horrible. That would be bad. It's very out of character. Uh, we go to the chamber and first has the plasma charge now that Harry yeah. was setting and he's got Harry. And yeah. I like how he walks over to, cause he says, can you identify this device? And she's like, plasma charge then he walks over to the other juvenile drones who are standing together mm -hmm. like they're pins in a bowling alley right and then they move apart to reveal harry, harry. that's completely you know he's unconscious semi-borgified yes. yeah nanoprobes um, coming out of his face and stuff yeah. he's turning borg yeah uh, seven says he needs medical attention to survive yeah. Yeah. And first says, give me the deflector. And she, Seven tries to stall again, but he's like, no more delays, no more deceptions. Yeah. And so, he says, resistance is futile. And Seven gives him this look like she is about to throw him over her lap and give him an old fashioned spanking. Mm. That was a look that she gave him. But I remember talking to Allison about, we were talking about how, like, should I be lying completely flat you know what i'm saying like when mm -hmm. they found me on the ground or but then she felt like you know they spent all this time in the makeup department putting on this silver stuff where you kind of see the the nanoprobes are yeah. congealing or whatever that they really wanted to showcase that and so that's why we decided that i would sit and i'd be propped up against that bulkhead with my face kind of turned to showcase the showcase yeah, the yeah, makeup yeah. job really the makeup. So, yeah to make it look good but i just remember shooting shooting in that position, I had to have my eyes closed like the entire time. And we come back to this exact same yeah. um, set later in, in when, when the, mm -hmm. when the, you know, the episode starts uh, heading towards the climax and I was just sitting there. And again, my eyes are closed. And it, that for me was like, it was like death because I want to see everything. So having to sit there with my eyes closed while, while this whole scene is happening around me was just so frustrating as an actor. I was like, yeah. oh God, you know, but I had to do it. Okay, so we're on the Voyager Bridge and first tells Janeway to comply. Janeway uh, on the view screen, Janeway tells him to return Harry. Then we can talk. First says enough talking, comply or we will assimilate the others. And Janeway says, you know, she just can't give him the deflector. It'll take an hour to dismantle. And he just quickly ends the transmission, the call, and locks on a tractor beam. Tractor beams the deflector. Yeah. They're trying to tear it off the ship. Yeah. We're, you know, Janeway's like, we got to modulate shields. Yeah. We're trying everything to keep them from ripping our ship apart. Yeah. We go into the chamber again. And Seven says, if they, uh, even if they take this deflector, shows, so she spills the beans. Yeah. Even if you take this thing, all right, we know that you're not going to be able to rejoin the collective. They've severed your connection and yeah. first can't believe it. He's like, you're lying. So uh, first responds, no, that can't be possible. You're lying. And seven gives them the encryption code mm -hmm. so to check for themselves. In data grid 426. Mm -hmm. Yep. And he doesn't, but second steps forward. Well, he check. starts towards the console, but first says, tells him to return to a station. So he hesitates. Yeah, but then he you hesitates. know what? But now he's got the confidence. He's bonded with seven a little bit. He's like, whatever. Yeah. He walks right up to that console, punches in a few things. He's like, wait a minute. And a good job by Manu in playing that, you know, uh, he played the reaction of knowing mm -hmm. that they're irrelevant. He played that yep. first. And then he said, yep. he says, it's accurate. It's authentic. And first checks himself. And he still doesn't believe it. He's no, this is a mistake. 
Yeah, and Seven says, you know, <laughs> the collective doesn't tolerate imperfection. And he replies with, well, then fine. We will assimilate more species and prove that we're worthy. So still not trying to, you know, go along yeah. with the flow. First is still trying to cause problems here. And mm -hmm. he just, just doesn't believe it. We have an exterior space shot of the Borg yep. tractor beam locked on to Voyager's deflector. Battle's going on. He's trying to rip it off. We're trying to figure out how to save our ship. Yeah, we're modulating our shield. Trying yeah. to buy, buy Bolanus, that'll buy us another minute at most. Yeah. Um, Tuvok uh, yes. uh, detects a fluctuation that could allow them to deploy the pathogen. Yeah. It's Tuvok a fluctuation pushing, that's pushing. Yeah, he's pushing the death. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Anyway, go ahead. The, uh, the fluctuation is so intermittent that we can't beam our Voyager heroes out of there, but we can deliver, we can deploy the bioweapon. And you're yes. right. I mean, Tuvok is, is this pushing this calculated yeah, death monger in this Kill episode. The kids. He really <laughs> hates teenagers, doesn't yeah, he? He does. He does. That's um, what I think it is. He can't stand teenagers. Um, but Janeway's looking for any alternative i love janeway's response to tuvok when he says that there is no alternative janeway says there is always an alternative we just mm -hmm. need to find it so janeway good for her and she has this revelation and, and i love kate's depiction uh, you know kate's acting in this scene is great um, yeah. she's totally focused in and she's she realizes their tractor beam it draws power from the same grid as their shield matrix. So Janeway quickly orders Torres to use our deflector to send a feedback pulse along the beam to disrupt their shields. Torres is a little sketchy on that. You know, she thinks yeah, okay, it was it was not a warp particles moment. It this. wasn't. Yeah, no. they were. Alana's like, well, no. She's like, if uh, that doesn't work, yeah, it'll it, do it more damage. A, you know what it was to us. Robbie, then it, the, that's right. Yeah. It was a warp moment. So it was only half of a warp yes, particles exactly. moment. <laughs> Bolana says, if it doesn't work, though, that yeah. it could do more damage to us than the cube. That's right. But Janeway says, it's going to work. It's so. going to work. Trust me. She should have said, warp particles moment. Trust me, is what she yeah, should have said. Exactly. Okay. We go back in the chamber. Seven says, is, is you know, reiterating, you don't have a, a future with the collective. Yeah. You're going to have to make decisions for yourself. Right. As, as individuals. And suddenly the cube shakes. And Voyager sending their this this feedback pulse through, and second goes over. He checks the monitor uh, to see what's happening, and the feedback pulse is overloading their shield matrix, and right. it's going to destroy the cube. Yeah. And first screams, "Adapt!" He's like, he's, yeah. he's he just will not give up. No, <laughs> we we go back to the bridge. Tuvok says that uh, both the cube's tractor beam and the shield are weakening. So Janeway's idea is working. Yeah. And uh, Taurus says uh, they've got a transporter lock on all the crew members except for Harry and Seven. So they beam over Chakotay, Neelix, and Paris yeah. from the assimilation chamber where they've been kept. They still can't get a lock on Kim and Seven. Their mm -hmm. location is too heavily shielded. So Janeway orders, uh, you know, increase this feedback pulse, you know, yeah. amplify the feedback pulse, make it stronger. <laughs> Double this it is up. Gonna work. Double yeah. it up. Uh, we go to the chamber, and the little girl says, "Oh, the three hostages have been beamed out. We've yeah. lost them." Second reports that the shields are weakening in the room that they that they're in right now. Uh, the drones all turn to first for for orders, but he doesn't know what to do at this point. Yeah, and Seven just says, "Drop your shields. Nobody 
nobody uh, has to get hurt here if you just drop your shields. Yeah, and he won't do it. And now he flips out. He grabs some type of, I don't know what it is. It, it looked like, I don't know, what, what did that look like? It looked like a buoy or something like that that you would have in the ocean. Well, first she goes over. He's not going to do oh, it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Seven, yes, okay, yeah. Seven yeah. goes over yeah. to try to turn off the shields. Right. Like She's like, drop your shields. Right. He won't do it. He stands right. there. So she goes over and then he goes and takes her and throws her on the ground. Which, okay. What? Did did you buy that? Because like no. she's supposed to, she has nanoprobes running in her body. So she's pretty strong. She shouldn't have been able to be thrown like no, that. No, right? I didn't buy it as a character. I yeah. didn't buy it. I didn't even buy the way that she did it. It yeah. looked like she sort of fell back into a beanbag chair off camera or something. It was very, <laughs> and then the fact that she's supposed to be knocked unconscious from that it just i didn't buy it yeah and but, then and he, he he throws her down then he right. goes and grabs these two giant what, what ost- are those ostrich eggs i don't know they were just <laughs> they, more they look they like got, ostrich they, eggs they look me. like what you'd put you know people that are working for the airlines when they're putting headsets on the grounds crew that are yeah those that big are holding things that yeah they're, they're wearing like, yeah, yeah but they were big round massive things. Yeah. and he's gonna go over and hit her on the head he's yeah, gonna, gonna beat her and yeah Fit, take her out basically yeah he goes and over to do that second stops first from yes. doing that he fights him down and and you know he stands up for seven finally yeah. which is nice to see that happen yeah first orders him you know each back to his station or second back to his station he mm. does not obey the order seven finally wakes up from her not not so rough fall Yes. Uh, basically just from a standing position to down on the ground. I yes. don't know why that knocked her out so much. Yeah. She says, you know, we're going to be destroyed any second. Yeah. And first runs over to a console, trying one more thing to prevent this from happening. The console explodes. Mm-hmm. Just sends this shock through him, I think. Yeah. Right. So he short yeah. circuits basically. Yeah. He, and he falls down. Yeah. That was not a bad fall when he gets the shock. Yeah. It was, it was not bad. It's pretty good. It was not bad. And, but for me, I'm going to say right now that I felt that that performance because it was, in my estimation, so one note. I have no problem with him being sassy in the beginning, but I feel like if he, if there were more levels going on where he was questioning himself, you know, throughout the throughout all the, the interactions with Seven, where where maybe it showed a little bit of like you know hesitation and doubt and this and that, and that maybe, you know, he's feeling like he's he's taking the wrong stance in dealing and mm-hmm. dealing with this, then we maybe would have bought in a little bit more and we would have cared about him a little bit more when he got shocked and it would have been sadder. It would have been more yeah. of a tearjerker to see him pass away. You know, that's all. I, I just felt it was a little yeah. too one note. Well, it's sad because when he does go down and, and um, seven says she can't help him, his yeah. cortical implants are depolarizing. Yeah. And he reaches up and takes her hand and looks her in the eyes and says, we are bored. Yeah. And it's a sweet moment. And it's for seven. It's a really sweet moment because you see that she's feeling this caretaking and connection with these young, you know, bored kids. Right. But he dies. Yeah. I mean, it's written to be the tearjerker moment. It is. Right. And but you don't for me, I didn't get that feeling. Because it wasn't, like I said, if you set me up earlier where, yes, he looks like the crazy, brash, you know, re- rebellious teenager. And then, but yet, then he doubts himself. So then may- and maybe I'm not doing the right thing. Maybe Seven is trying to help us. So mm-hmm. I, if he showed that struggle a little bit more, I think I would have been more, you know, uh, yeah. prone to maybe cry a little bit over his death and yeah. that line, you know, we are Borg. But, uh, you know, you can't have everything. 
I guess. Well, it was sad to me. It was very sweet. And uh, his hand drops down after he dies. The kids all stare at him. And then Seven uh, orders uh, the shields to be lowered and Second mm -hmm. does it. Yeah. And we go to a space shot. There's a captain's log. Janeway says that Harry's recovering in sick bay, and the doc removed most of his implants, but he's got some recovery left. And the kids have also had their most of their implants removed, but the kids are very troubled, is the word Janeway uses. We have yeah. four troubled kids here. And uh, we go to the ready room, and Janeway has sent, she tells Seven that she's sent hails to any ships in the area from their planets, the Bernalis, the Narcadians, and the twins, they don't even know what species they're from. So mm -hmm. they're going to have to find that out before they can send hails to try to, you know, uh, reunite them with the, the people that they're from. And Janeway says they need someone to help them until they can find, you know, their, their people. Yeah. And Seven goes, I've never been responsible for children. <laughs> you see, she's like, She's she's yeah. like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And Janeway says, well, you can help them avoid the pitfalls that you faced uh, right. when you were severed from the collective. And mm -hmm. I love Jerry's exit when she's like, she takes a deep breath and then she sort of rolls her eyes <laughs> as she walks out the door. It's not sentimental at all. I thought it was very funny. It just made me laugh. It's like, yeah, that's how that. Seven would feel. Uh, I didn't catch that. She was like, oh, uh, I got to deal with these teenagers. <laughs> My note, though, there's a little bit of an inconsistency for me. Because Seven, after we take her out of her Borgness and we take yeah. the implants out, that skin tight suit is supposedly dermal, you know, it's it's medical re a reason why she's wearing it. So I feel yeah. like all those juveniles should have been in very similar Olympic speed skating, like suits. They should have been in, yeah. it should have matched what seven was wearing, but they didn't do that. So no, that, I, that's, that's a me, good catch. Yeah. It bothered me a little bit. Okay. So we're in the cargo bay and the kids are all there dressed in their blue clothes. They kind of look more like seven now with just yeah. some little pieces of nanoprobes. They mm. look more like kids. Yeah. And uh, seven gives each of them a pad yeah. that gives some of the data that she's downloaded from the cube about each of them. Yeah. Um, and she says, second's name is Echeb. Right. And, and did you notice how many times he hit that pad? No. <laughs> and I always joke about hands. this. I say, I, I say like guest stars always, and well, he's a recurring, but they always either push too few buttons or too many. He grabs the pad and does this. He does this. And so then, oh, of course, I did notice. That. Yeah. So yeah. they had to put in that sound effect of him hitting it. It's like, it's just like, what, dude, you've never even seen a pad before. You're not going to know how to operate it that quickly, right. you know? So, right. no. Anyway, so we know he's Echeb. Yes. Yeah. And he says, that was my father's second name. So mm -hmm. he, you know, he's getting all these kids are getting a little bit of information yeah. and then it's triggering these memories for each of them. Yeah. So, yeah, Seven says to Mazadi that uh, your name is Mazadi. Mm -hmm. And she kind of goes, Wow, that's a pretty name. Yeah. And the twins we learn are Azan or Azan and Rebbe. Mm -hmm. And she says, I'll tell you more about them tomorrow, but it's time to right. go to bed. Yeah. And so they go into their alcoves yeah. and close their eyes and uh basically go to sleep for regeneration and seven has the computer dim the lights and she says 
sleep tight. Good night, she says, and sweet dreams. Yeah. And she walks out and takes a little sweet look back at him. It was very sweet. Yeah. Nice. Do you remember us talking about, I think we, in a, or an episode much earlier than this, we talked yeah. about how, why are there all these extra board? <laughs> I thought about that. Yeah, like, yeah. And oh, now that's we convenient know yeah, that we have convenient those. That we have those extra yes. uh, board recharging stations there. And, and yeah. we, now we know. <laughs> so, just in case we pick up a bunch of stray kids. Stray, stray board drones. Yeah. We, we have them. And in fact, we did. So yeah. there we go. Okay. Well, what is your lesson? Or um, what is this your This was a tough one for theme? me. Yeah. My theme. I, I wrote down two different thoughts that I had. One is um, just the idea that growing up is hard. <laughs> growing up is not easy. That was one takeaway for me. Yeah, uh, It's not easy for anybody, especially board kids. Yeah. Um, the other theme I got, maybe this is a reach, but that we all have that sort of inner child inside of us, even when we're older, even when we may have forgotten a lot of things, that there's mm -hmm. that we all have an inner child somewhere in us that has those memories and feelings and connections. And, you know, that's what I took from this is that each of these kids had sort of forgotten that inner child, forgotten their mm -hmm. names, their families, who they really were. And, and so oh, learning yeah. how to kind of go back and remember. Yeah. Who that is for them was uh, relatable for me. That, so, that's a different yeah. angle. Yeah. I like that. Um, I think for me overall, it's just a lesson in patience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because you just have to have patience when you're dealing with teenagers and you have to, you can't, <laughs> you can't immediately, you know, scream and yell back and, yeah. and go to, you know, match their level. It does nothing, you know, to do that. And, you know, yeah. physical discipline, that's, that's out. probably that's been gone for a while. I, so I no think also that. a theme is like, don't try not to use bioweapons on. On teenagers yeah teenagers that yeah. would be a takeaway so really that Do is not. the lesson you yes. don't need to go nuclear no. on when your teenager at home exactly. you know gives you sass which they do every day right so you need to have patience and not yeah. use a bioweapon on your teenager don't do it don't do it it's a very simple lesson yeah <laughs> okay uh ratings my rating for this i have to be honest uh the premise is interesting the kids were all good yeah I thought there was a lot of things out of character in this episode yeah. and it just, it didn't, even though the idea of these, you know, stowaway or these bored kids, us having to deal with bored kids, the idea is cool. It just didn't, something about it didn't quite gel for me. So I'm going to give it a seven. If you were, if, if those inconsistencies in character were not in this episode, what would you have given it? Probably an eight. Eight yeah. and a half, eight point five, or something. I agree, but I think okay. it just it just never quite landed for me because okay. of those inconsistencies. So I kept wanting it to work better. The idea was cool. The, yeah, I wanted. Yeah, I just wanted a little more out of it, and so I'm gonna. I'll stick with the seven. Okay. What about you? I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore the inconsistencies in character, and I'm gonna give it an eight point two. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see what our captain and admiral ratings. For collective this week, the average rating is 7.5. Ah, wow, okay, that's 7. right about 5. in between you and me. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, that's I, I exactly would go with 7.5, so. even you know, yeah, yeah. Okay. well, 
Well, cool. There it is. Well, that was fun. What is next week's episode? Next week is basically the sequel to Fairhaven, Spirit Folk. Oh. Yes. Yes. Oh, boy. Okay. And I hope you remember some of this stuff. I hope you do. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see talk about as, it when we as talk we get about into it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, all of you Patreon patrons, please stay tuned. For-